Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host Jonah Marie and the pilot to my dogfight, my mom, Maria. Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In today's episode, we will be chatting about The Antilles Extraction, written by Gary Witta and directed by Saul Ruiz. In The Antilles Extraction, Sabine goes undercover as a cadet in the Empire's Elite Fight Academy to help break out several young pilots wanting to defect to the rebellion. So this was a cool episode. Yes, I Jonah. mean, I know. Okay, so to start off. I have a cold. I have the sniffles. It must have happened because one, it was change of weather, a drastic change of weather. And then I went to New York Comic Con, so who knows who got me sick. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. You have your sexy voice. I do. I have a sexy voice now. At least I hope I do when I listen back to the episode. (laughs) But yeah, overall, what were your thoughts on the episode? It was cool. I liked it. It was Sabine's, you know, um, moment, to, moment shine. to shine. And she did pretty well, if not extremely well. She is back in the midst of the Imperial Academy. So that must have been a, a throwback for her. And she does very well. And I, I liked it. It shows how they ended up with many pilots. Because not everybody that is against the Empire... It's trained to be a pilot, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's actually a point that I brought up in my review because one of the complaints that I saw in various forms of social media from people were that this was a form of fan service. And fan service is you do something, you write something, or you show something that is only meant to serve the fans. Like, that doesn't serve a purpose to the general story or anything like that. So the fan service was having this character, Wedge Antilles, and this other character, Hobby, who are already established in the movies show up in the show and be integrated this way through this episode. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I, I had told you about Wedge last time. Hobby, I, I wasn't sure because at the time... Oh, I, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the points I brought up was that for casual viewers like yourself and for fans like me who aren't all that familiar with those kind of deep details in the movies, these two characters are essentially new characters for me. Yeah, I remember them from the movie, but I never really dove into who these characters were and looked up some of the stories that may have been written on them. That I, that wasn't my Star Wars at the time. Oh, they, they, it may have the whole idea of... Um bringing two known characters in, maybe, you know, in the background. But I think that the purpose of the whole episode was to show the length at which the rebellion went to seek their pilots and to seek the people that were going to help them and also the dangers they encountered doing so because this is not like going um, to an office and getting yourself in the draft, you know? The Imperial Academy, once they grab you, they have you, they own you. Yeah. And a lot of people that don't know have no exit. Yeah. And this was their exit. And I don't know, I I found it very informative. Yeah, I I thought it was a great episode. Like I mentioned in my review, in case you didn't read it, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but these characters, they're ace pilots. They're really good at what they do, especially Wedge. So in starting off the episode, we have this ship taking supplies to a planet where they need food and and other supplies and they're being escorted by six a-wings there were six of them in total and all of them got destroyed like that by three imperial fighters so you have the rebellion who does have pilots but they're like what you had mentioned before they're not trained no and they don't have the resources like simulations to practice and to be trained they don't have the time to be trained either and they don't have updated vessels look at those clone Clone wars yeah y-wings that they stole yeah so you you have a very wide gap between what the rebellion pilots know and what the imperial pilots know 
And that's why I thought it was cool that they introduced Wedge and Hobby, who are who were Imperial cadets, and they were taken into the rebellion. And it was a good way to establish not only their origin story, but it was a good way to establish that the rebellion were desperate to find pilots who were skilled. Mm-hmm. And what they do, you can't just place anyone in the cockpit seat and, you know, hope for the best. They yeah. need to know how to maneuver and how to do what they need to do best when they're out there in the heat of battle. So moving on from there, we have, I found it interesting that the lady who this person was talking to, the pilot, said that I didn't realize that the rebellion was so well equipped, which is actually the, the complete the opposite. opposite. Yeah, and I, like, <laughs> I, I was like, what have you encountered lately that you see the rebellion as well equipped? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's interesting that the guy, the pilot, says truthfully, they're not. So he's not including himself in that. Apparently, whoever these people are, they're sort of like the, the relief missions that Leia had yeah. talked about and that Bale participated in. So it's interesting that they would have rebellion fighters surrounding them because that's risky. If you If you have something like that, you could potentially unveil your ties to the well, rebellion maybe but you you can also disguise it as um they went on their own oh, independent You're independent yeah, yeah, you know true. they took advantage of the opportunity yeah yeah so it, it, you have ways of disguising what you do but um yeah that i, I did notice that his, his comment so i immediately not knew that he was not part of the rebellion. He was there just escorting. Yeah, escorting the food no. over. Yeah. And the planet was Terralov. I love all these weird names they come up with. <laughs> and they get attacked. And one of the things he says is, you have no right to fire on us. And we find out later on that the proper protocol is to board the ship and find out what the purpose was of that ship being there in the first place. I, fi- I found the, the, the response so cruel and cold. Or callous, but I'm bumped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this sense of it's a lack of entitlement. Like, I, I can do whatever I want just yeah. because I'm behind this. And life, cockpit, you life know? is really not cherished no. in any way. And then, yeah, like what I had talked about, those fighters, unfortunately, were not prepared at all for what they eventually met with those Imperial fighters. So we have Ezra and the team getting this news back. And unfortunately, what Ezra says is true. You know, sooner or later, they're not going to have any pilots uh, yeah. to fly for the rebellion. And so Sato... Sato ends up saying that Fulcrum has given them information. And the moment he hears that, oh my God, his he, eyes just... Ahsoka! He got so excited. excited. Yeah. And I honestly, I wish we had seen more of him and Ahsoka interacting because we really didn't see it all that no. much. But you'll get the understanding that they formed some sort of a bond and understanding and relationship with each other. But yeah, he got really excited. And then we find that Fulcrum is not just Ahsoka's identity. It's also the code name that's assigned to other people, other informants that would pass on information to the rebellion. And Hera, which I found really cool, she was the one leading this briefing. Anything. You know, normally you would think Kanan to be the one to do that, but it's always Hera. Hera's the one who, even though Kanan... She's a military brain. Yeah, even though Kanan is the field leader, she is definitely the brains, like you said, yeah. behind the, the operation. Yeah. And she assigns the mission to Sabine, which is awesome. And she did it... Because of the fact that she is the least recognizable out of all of them. Ezra, unfortunately, he's already... Known by many. <laughs> he's already, and he, yeah. Because of also, he, he, he was in the academy, infiltrated yeah. the academy. Not only he's known because of all his, uh, you Transgressions know, aggressions against the empire. He's also known because he, he infiltrated the academy already. So yeah. he is not a good candidate for that. No, no. It makes me wonder, though, how the mission would have gone had he been in her shoes. Oh, boy. I feel like it would have been a mess. <laughs> yes. I feel like the whole tower would have I, I come feel down. it would have been a mess and I don't think Callus would have survived <laughs> the encounter. <laughs> To me personally, I think that building would have fallen down completely. He would have found a way to destroy, <laughs> destroy the whole the building. 
So yeah, she she gets assigned to this mission, and he's like, "But wait a minute, I've gone in. I I should be the one to do it." At the time when I first saw it, I was like, "Wow, that's a really proud thing to say, Ezra." And then it really dawned on me, maybe like three seconds after. He doesn't want after, her to be on he, her it's, own. Yeah, it's her. He doesn't want her to be put in that sort of danger, danger zone. <laughs> now that we're, you know, since this episode is influenced by Top Gun, and then Sabine reminds him that she herself has been an imperial cadet before and it's something that she could easily slip back into although it's not going to be fun i mean who wants to go back into the uh, empire like that but i think i don't think she was responding there to to him i think she was responding to Hera, sort of like hey just like he's recognizable i could be recognizable too oh you know i didn't take it that way i took it as a response to ezra saying yeah you know i've been in there i should be the one to go i, I actually took it as she agreeing with ezra you know I shouldn't be going. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't know. I didn't think of it that way. But then again, English is my second language. So. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like, I know a lot of people don't quote unquote ship it. But I, <laughs> but I, I really like the idea of Sabine and Ezra. It's just very cute ship in my mind. <laughs> but I really liked, yeah, I liked the fact that he doesn't want her to be alone. He's in love with her. <laughs> And so we have, we switch on over to the fact that both Kanan and Ezra are shadowing her. They're there for assistance to extract her when she needs it. And Kanan tells them, don't worry, she'll be fine. Do you think Kanan knows that Ezra is, uh, has feelings towards Sabine? Oh, he has to. I think he knows. I think he has to. He just, you know, is not gonna scream it out or, or, or put him on the spot for it. Yeah. You yeah. know? Because he himself has his feelings. Exactly. It would be know, very hypocritical. Um, I liked the fact that Kanan, not at any point throughout the episode, didn't say, you know, mind your feelings, Ezra, or be careful with what you're feeling. Because it's on- honestly, you need to embrace it. You just can't let it control you. Exactly. And I think that has been the failure of the Jedi. Rather than embrace and control the feelings, they will ignore it and push it aside as though they can make it disappear. You cannot make disappear emotions. Mm -mm. Emotions are part of who we are. Yeah. So um, that I like the the fact that he didn't put him in the spot, but I'm pretty sure he knows. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of him knowing. And then Ezra goes on to say, "I'm not. I'm just not a fan of these solo missions." And Kanan responds with, "Unless it's you, <laughs> you, know? you, you can go on all the solo missions." And this is when it really, 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 really like dawned on me that. Oh, okay. Ezra is actually not liking the idea of Sabine being the one on the on solo, solo mission. mission. He would rather sacrifice himself yep. rather than put her in danger. <laughs> so beautiful. I also like when he tells Ezra, do you trust her? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like guiding him. Yeah. Like, don't get possessive or crazy or anything like that. Trust. I really liked how Ezra said in response, of course I trust her. And it wasn't like, like you said, crazy or over emotional in any way. It's Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, a matter of fact, a very sincere. Of course, she's my friend. Of course I trust her. You know, uh, she's been there for me. I know her, how capable she is. Yeah. But someone who would definitely have reacted differently would have been Anakin. Oh, of course, <laughs> and we saw it when, when, whenever um, Padme had was in danger, in danger, yeah. or Padme assumed a role where she could be in danger. Yeah, he he got all crazed up, you yeah. know. So I, I like that you didn't see that side of Ezra because it's not him. That's not he's again he's not Anakin. Exactly, it's it's just two different people. They're coming from two different places. Yeah. And then we find Sabine in a TIE fighter pilot disguise. She's so tiny. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to all these massive people. And her ID isn't working. The ID that AP5 made. I like that AP5 is actually still present and around somewhere. And he made her these fake credentials, but they're not working. And I love that she took it and blew on it. (laughs) The way we used to blow on the floppies. (laughs) Oh, snap. I didn't even think about floppies. That's even more ancient than what I was thinking about. Yeah, the... uh, the, (laughs) 
and the the Nintendo and no, game. That's the what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. The cartridges was what I was thinking about. It. I used to blow the on su- floppies too. Yeah, the Super NES and the Nintendo 64 cartridges all the time. We would be like. <laughs> I used to blow on the floppies on the big five and a quarter. Yeah, the big they, ones. They, they will stick, the covers, yeah. they will stick. So <laughs> I will pop them. <laughs> That's funny. But I love that they did that. And I wonder if it was... Yes, people, I'm that old. <laughs> I got to use five and a quarter floppy disk drives. I, I remember I remember using them too, but just for fun. Like I would insert them in and out. <laughs> but, but by the time you came around to those, they, they were really nothing anymore. No, yeah. The ones that took over were the, 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 the three The hard drive, ones. the three yeah. and a half. Yeah. And I actually still have a stack of them on my, on my desk at work. <laughs> Cause I okay, get this. I'm going off on a tangent. I had a stack of them here in my in my room, and then I didn't have a way to read them. But my freaking library, my school had old computers still that had the floppy drive. So I went and I took the floppy drive, and I found a whole bunch of crazy things, like pictures of Antonio Sabato Jr. <laughs> and Daniel Jackson from Stargate SG One. <laughs> oh man! I was like, wow, I have not changed. <laughs> <laughs> You're still a craze fan. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> and then what's also cool about this episode is that we finally see women tie pilots. And yes, you they hear were them. There. there were some that you heard in the background. Obviously, they were probably using the same model of Sabine. But, you, you know, you get the impression that there are more than just Sabine in there. And you heard one actually talking yeah, in the there background. Yeah, there are about, I, I counted like three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there were definitely a few, a handful in there. And then Sabine reveals her alias to be Ria Tala. I thought actually Ria Tala was the whole first name, but it's actually Ria first name, Tala last name. And it's actually a discarded name from Rogue One. Gary Whitta, who wrote the episode, had also worked on Rogue One. So that's how that name slipped in into Rebels. And I thought it was pretty cool. cool. <laughs> I wonder who Ria Tala would have been. I wonder that if that would have been the main character or something. And her wingman in the simulation that they're training in is Wedge Antilles. So Wedge Antilles, as mentioned before, is a character that was previously in the movie and he's also been expanded upon in books and whatnot. None of which that I read. <laughs> <laughs> but he's actually voiced by Nathan Cress, who is the boy from iCarly. The one who has a crush on Carly. Carly. <laughs> <laughs> the camera boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> whose name I can never remember. <laughs> But I thought it was pretty neat. And actually, when I went to IMDb to check out who this person was, I'm like, is that the guy from R. Carly? He looks very cute. (laughs) I was like, wow, he has grown. (laughs) And, you know, the instructor at one point says, don't break protocol, call numbers only, because they had mentioned each other's name. Again, you're reminded that the Empire strips people of individuality and you're only assigned a number and that's why how you refer to each other it's it's easy to let go and ignore and let die a number than a person yeah exactly it's like when people say when you have a a farm animals and you're told not to name them them. it's because because eventually they might be eating (laughs) and you don't want to know you're eating fluffy (laughs) fluffy I love that that's the first name that comes to mind. Fluffy. Fluffy. And the instructor also tells them to destroy the damaged vessel, which, again, we saw in an earlier, uh, at the very beginning of the episode. And Sabine says that it's against protocol. And I love that at one point she mutters, is breaking protocol part of the test? (laughs) (laughs) And it makes me wonder if she had that same behavior and attitude when she was a cadet. In the in the empire, I, I I imagine so. I imagine so because something pulled her away, something got her out. Yeah, and it had to be her attitude. Well, no, remember Katsu and her broke out. They made yeah, that choice. Yeah. But but I I mean like that attitude is what gives them the strength. Oh yeah, to be just fed up and leave. Leave yeah. because they're not followers that and i'm not saying followers you know in the sense of in any other sense than they're individuals they have their own mind and they're leaders in their own right they see strength 
as something more than just following a set of hollow instructions that that make no sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have brains. They're they're smart. And actually, uh, I'm glad you said that because the other person who was in the simulation with them or supervising, well, his name is Vault Scaris, and he said that's why orders must be followed without question. And that reminded me back in season one in the episode Out of Darkness, Sabine said, "I trusted the Empire, followed its orders blindly, and it was a nightmare." So it makes me wonder what sort of things besides the simulations was she told to do and she followed through blindly she followed through because she had no choice Choice. because that's what she had chosen yeah and then again she got fed Mm -hmm. up and eventually left and then we have governor price and agent callus arriving to interrogate people because now they have information of people trying to defect to the rebellion I was so happy when Callus showed up. Callus is the character that I focus on because I, I have to look at every single reaction on his face to see if I can read or pick up on something. <laughs> That's going to be hard. I know. Okay, So my thing is, so we find out later that Wedge has sent the message. That he tells Sabine, I had sent the message. They got my message. So my train of thought is someone or under Callus's team or maybe Callus himself intercepted that message. Callus thought this would be an opportunity to pay back for what Zeb had done to him, done for him in not turning him in, but still followed through with Imperial Protocol on investigating. That's my, that's how my... I don't know, because if you think that way, there's no way for him to know that his this particular cell of the rebellion, the one that he knows, are the ones that are going to come for these defectors. I like more the idea of... Remember when you used to tell that people have broken down the voice of Fulcrum? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it turned out to be callous? Yeah. I think. You think Fulcrum. See, that, well, that that's exactly what I'm thinking. So, oh, okay, you're saying... I remember we were talking about this in the train to work this morning. Your theory is that he is Fulcrum and that when Sabine confronted him about it, he didn't reveal anything. Exactly. He, he cannot he reveal who he is. is. Not even to the people he's because that's what an informant, that's what a person in the dark, in the shadows is, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I saw his coming in between to make the extraction successful and he had to do it in a way that doesn't lead Anybody to think he's the one. Okay. We have two very interesting theories and none of we don't have proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no 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 proof. Exactly. So But I, I do think Callus this is not the only thing Callus is gonna do. This is not the only good thing that he's gonna do in his evolution because I think he is now growing and evolving into a whole different person into a person that realizes that the path of the empire is not what he thought it was going to be right that is a totally different path now i want to think the same thing because in my review i was asking you know things to think about you know if callus came across a situation where he had to choose between doing what's right and doing what the empire would ask of him to do what will his conscience choose and well and right now whether you want to think his fulcrum or not his conscience is going for the right thing. Yeah. Because, you know... Do you... Is that really the case? Because he's actually just honoring what Zeb did for him. Yeah, It may not be because he agrees with it. But there could be many ways for him to do it that don't break protocol, that don't put the the, the Empire in danger. And this, in essence, puts the Empire in danger. You know how I also read it? Because Governor Price would probably be the, the head of this operation, if they lost the those people it would look bad on her rather than on him and i felt like that was also a motivation a, mo- a motive for him to let those three go i don't know i, I choose to, I, I'm not I, I, I choose to give the the callus that the, you know every now and then you come across people that you love to hate but you also will like to see them be better redeem themselves yeah. you know because they're the kind of people that you understand they're not bad because they're sociopath but 
that they are the way they are and they serve the side they serve because of a sense of honor and, and a sense of duty. Right. I would like to see this character redeemed. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And there's not a lot of characters that, that I would have like to that, see that happen. That, yeah. yeah. Do you, um, well, this is a total tangent again, but do you think Kylo Ren is redeemable after doing what he did with... Oh, no. Really? No. <laughs> no. Ky- Kylo Ren, he reminds me of Anakin. Yeah, he does. He's very anakin Yeah, he he has that very... Uncontrolling, uh, unpredictable... Way of being, of doing things. And, and he has that level of immaturity that you sh- should not be seen in an adult. Yeah. You know, this, the levels of maturity, each level represents the age, their maturity for teenagers, little kids, and adults. The certain behaviors that you should no longer see in adults because that signals you are immature. You never pass a certain level. Kyle is that type. Kyle. Kylo. Kylo. <laughs> Kyle. Kylo. He, he, he's that kind. He, yeah. he, he never passed a certain level. He, he's a brat, uh, just like Anakin. But you know what? I really want to learn more about his childhood because, you know, his nature nature and nurture play, yeah. play a role there. So I, I definitely want to learn more. But moving back to Rebels, we have Price. I love, I love how she says, my hope is that I may teach you something today. Yeah. And that look, <laughs> the look of his face. Yeah, like, mm-hmm, okay, whatever you say, Queen of the Darkness. <laughs> Queen of the Darkness. <laughs> and and then you have Sabine overhearing Wedge and these two other characters talking, whispering. What? They weren't even whispering. They were freaking talking, talking loud <laughs> in the hallway. Really? You, 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 a you bit more discreet? discreet? Yeah. <laughs> You know that the, the other side of the ship didn't the the station didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so they end up parting ways and then Sabine follows Wedge you know Wedge gets really excited by what Sabine is saying because she's offering him a way out there's a an exit that wasn't there before and he was the type of guy that was hauling around parts around the galaxy and he saw the, the Imperial path as a way to see the galaxy as a way to do something else for a change and I feel like a lot of people do that oh yeah yeah. Even uh, now, even today. Even today, a lot of people enlist in, in, in the armed forces because it's a way out yeah. of whatever they're doing right now. Right, right. They don't do it because they have a passion for it, but because it's, it's a way out of whatever situation they're in and they think that it will help them see other places and have other experiences and for the majority of the time yes it is yeah no it reminds me of uh, remember Renaissance Man yeah that was a great movie if you guys have not watched that movie or little kids who are are listening I I highly recommend watching Renaissance Man I love that movie with Danny DeVito and there are kids uh, young adults in there who were getting out of tight situations by means of the army. I mean, you know, it's just uh, every now and then and during times of war and conflict, then it becomes a whole different thing. Yeah. It is but part of serve, it, it is part of yeah. the whole thing, but yeah, it, you you do have kids who who don't have any idea what they're getting into. For them it's just a, a way out oh, of yeah. where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that Sabine had no plan whatsoever (laughs) and he's like what are you seriously yeah what's your plan i'll tell you when i get one (laughs) and i love that she's like welcome to the rebellion (laughs) because most of the time they just just wing it by the seat of your pants (laughs) and then we switch back to ezra and kanan and ezra at this point is pacing yeah he's he's like a father outside the delivery room yeah <laughs> and what's cool is that remember in breaking ranks when he was undercover and kanan and hera were retrieving were actually going to go and shoot down that kyber crystal and kanan was the one to be worried uh-huh. for ezra the roles are switched to where kanan is not as worried because he know, he knows Sabine, he understands how Sabine operates and b- trusts her. But then you have Ezra, who is very, you know, my girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> yes. She's in danger and they cannot do anything. And I love that he's like, you need to calm down. <laughs> 
And Ezra's like, Sabine's stuck over there and there's nothing I can do. And I love that he tells him part of a Jedi's wisdom comes from learning to accept when a situation is out of our control. I've, I've actually applied that in life. You know, sometimes just things are out of your control. Yeah, that there's things you cannot change. There's a lot of things you can change by doing this or doing that. But there's things that are completely out of your control. Yeah. You cannot control other people. You cannot control what they do. Those things that come from others, they're out of your control. So here, he, Savine is out there. She's doing something. There's no way he can control or do anything about it. So I love when he says it. So, you know, just whatever it is that you're doing right now, it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Because you cannot control it. And by your, your own mission, there's nothing you can do about exactly. it. Exactly. So sit down. <laughs> <laughs> And this is, yeah, this is the point where he says, do you trust her? He's like, of course I trust her. And, and I wrote, I wrote, I love that he said that with such confidence and love. <laughs> yes, Jonah, yes, we know. And then we have the actual, there's a trap set in place for our defectors. And I, I love that Callus in his interrogation process says that he didn't find anything, mm. air quotes. And I would have loved to have seen, this is where the, uh, I wish it was an hour long episode rather than a half an hour episode. I wish we could have seen those interrogation sessions. I, I'm always a fan of the, those interrogation sessions where they go from one character to another and they're saying similar things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wish we could have seen that and maybe see Callus dismiss something that should have gone to Price as a way to like... And, and in those interrogations, at no moment he interrogated Sabine because he would have known who out. she is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, so, maybe so he just, just didn't do anything. Yeah, he just sang and drank uh, some calf. And, and let other people do the job yeah. and took their reports. Because after all, it's Price in, in the balance, not yeah, me. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then Price decides to let the training continue because she has a plan of her own to lure out the defectors. And so Sabine is joined by not only Wedge, but these two other pilots rake and hobby so my one complaint well, two complaints my first complaint is that i was given the impression when we first heard fulcrum talk about pilots wanting to defect to the rebellion i was thinking okay maybe like seven or eight pilots especially after we had said we lost six pilots exactly so i thought you know it was a good so there's just three. Three. I I was kind of disappointed that there weren't. It's probably budgetary reasons and and whatnot. But I, I expected more to have joined the arm uh, the uh, the rebellion. Because in the end, do you think it was worth it? Do you think it was worth having risked their lives and for for three pilots? Not even three. Not even three. Okay, and this is my other complaint. The fact that, and I'm going to go into very controversial topics, hot topics today, that one of them was a black man. And why does the black man have to die? (laughs) That's a trope. There's actual, there's a list of tropes online that you can look up. And one of them is the black guy dies first. That is an actual trope, and it happens all the time. Um, one of the actors, the guy who played T-Dog in The Walking Dead, he's like, I, I was afraid to play that role because I was afraid to, and I'm just paraphrasing, to die first. It, you know, p- actors have that mentality where I'm black, okay, I'm going to die first. And I was sad to see that that had happened in, in the episode. I, I was very disappointed, and I would have, I guess, overlooked it had there been more pilots of diverse colors as well. So, I mean, that's terrible to say, oh, one pilot died, you know. But, you know, it would have, it wouldn't have been It would not have felt yeah. like it was Target. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like a Target. Because the other three were essentially safe. You yeah. know, they can't die right now. So I was disappointed by that, by those choices. And then poor Rake didn't seem like he was all in it. In to no, <laughs> I, I don't think he knew he was jumping from one military group to another. No. I think he, he just he wanted went out. out. Yeah, yeah. Out and I'm done with this. And it's funny because Hobby's face at the very end when he lifted up his arm, he was actually one of the last ones to lift it. There was like a hesitation on his part. And he has like this confused look on his face like, this is not what I wanted. Um, But that just might be me reading into his face and his uh, expression and, and hand gestures. Now, if you think about it, if you join a military group and now you want out because it's not what you thought 
why do you want to join another, another one? one? You know what makes what makes this one different from the other one? In the beginning, the whole sense you get is that pilots want to come into the rebellion. Yeah, that they want to. When uh, you make get an to meet these kids or young adults, there's reluctant. You you don't get that same feeling. You get that it's not that they want to join the rebellion; it's that they don't want to be part of the empire. They just want to leave. Yeah, and do something so, else. So so I I, fa- I found that a bit disconnecting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Because it really didn't let me feel the sense that they had given us in the beginning. Yeah. No, you're right. That's completely true. And so they head out into space. And I like that their nullified lasers when they were shooting at each other sounded like the um, the training lightsabers with Kanan and Ezra. Uh-huh. They had that same sound effect. And I on and like I said, the whole time I was paying attention to Callus and his facial expressions because I wanted to see what he would give away <laughs> with whatever face he was giving us. And unfortunately for the four that try to escape, their fighters are rigged and they, they lose their wings. Ezra's ship is also taking heavy hits, but he doesn't want to leave her behind. He doesn't want to leave his girlfriend behind. The first thing she says is, get, get out. out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Kane is the one to make the, the final decision. And I like that he hit the, the desk at the same time. <laughs> what he said is true. You know, we can't help her if we're dead. We have to find a figure out a different way. And, oh, but Sabine's face, she, she looked so sad when they left. She took off her helmet and everything. Oh, <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, right. Sabine okay. would never think that. No. <laughs> then we have Price with the prisoners. And she finds out Sabine's real name because Wedge gave it out. Oh, uh, <laughs> Come on, I like, Wedge. Thanks. I like Sabine. Thank you. Like, <laughs> really? That easy? You didn't help me out with that one, man. And I love that when Callus was taking away the other two, Sabine says, looks like they found someone else who can do your job. And I was like, oh, burn. And did you, and did you see his expression yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like, okay, you know, <laughs> if you say so. To me, at that moment or before that moment, he was already planning to help them escape. I think personally, I think the same that they were, that was his intention from the beginning. But honestly, his expression in that moment, I thought I should reconsider what I'm doing here. Because no, I, I feel I, like it was an insult. And I yeah, felt like he I, was thinking the opposite. Like I, maybe I should reconsider. My, no, my uh, to me, it was here. a face of, you have no idea what you're talking, little girl. Ah, uh, okay. You know? I, 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 that's, that's interesting, the way you read it. Then Sabine and, and Price start fighting it out. I love that scene. Oh, she, that was crazy. She kicked butt. Yeah, she did. She kicked <laughs> yeah. butt. And, <laughs> and, I, and I love when she said, my clan taught me better. better. <laughs> and pushed her into the interrogation seat. And then Wedge, he's like, we got to come up with a plan. Uh, yeah. Me, you know, <laughs> meanwhile, on the other side, Wedge is planning. <laughs> it took a whole fight for Wedge and what's his hobby. name? Hobby to come with absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. And Sabine came to the rescue. Exactly. <laughs> And Wedge is like, we were we were coming to rescue you. And Sabine's like, that's cute. Yeah. That's really cute, guys. Okay. <laughs> you go if ahead you, and think that. If you say so. <laughs> and so we have them escaping. They're finally going to head back out to see if they can come in contact with the rebellion again. And in the process of escaping, they get cut off by the doors. And then Callus comes out. out. Oh my god, I freaked out. I was I went like Eee! I was I, I was so legitimately happy. Oh man. And then he says, Tell Garza Aurelius that we're even <laughs> And and again, this is for me personally, I thought this was a one time thing. He's honored his acquaintance or who or however he categorizes Zeb in his head. And that's it. His hands are clean and he can resume normal operations. Nah. You you think the nah. complete opposite. 
to me is the perfect cover so that he's not not only he stays hidden to the imperial side but he stay hidden also to the rebel so you rebellion think, you side. think he's still the informant the fulcrum yes. informant informant yes yeah it, it does sound a lot like him and, and they do like to throw us off from time to time so maybe the whole fulcrum conversation was there to throw us off but who knows well we'll have to wait and seek apparently there's more story for callus this season so yes i'm hoping even if he's not the fulcrum informant this is just the one small step in the beginning of his evolution i hope so yeah so uh, to me this is not gonna be the only time yeah yeah and Wedge, there's one ship left, and it's like this old big tub or whatever it is. It looks like it's impossible to fly. He's like, I can fly anything. And that's the same line that Poe Dameron said in The Force Awakens, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And they try to escape, and at the same time, they're being followed by Scaris. So this guy is relentless. He's wanting to take these defectors out. And then Ezra and the team appear to save his girlfriend. And, <laughs> and Sabine, Sabine says, never been so happy to hear your voice. And I'm just like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> and so they manage to dock and they head out into space. And I love that Ezra says, we stuck around just in case. And the way that he says that reminded me of Ezra from season one. Someone had also pointed this out on Tumblr. I was reading up on people's opinions and such and they brought up a good point that the way he sounded really sounded like his older self he, he's gone to a point where he's very mature you don't hear him play around as much you don't hear him joke around as much so when he said that it really brought me back to the blueberry to the blueberry days <laughs> and then wedge and hobby end up joining the rebellion and that's it they only have two more but they only have two, <laughs> two pilots from that from that whole ordeal but it shows you know it that's what it takes the risk outweighs the, the no, isn't it the reward uh, outweighs the, the reward risk? yeah the reward jonas uh Second uh, language. language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the rewards that way. Yeah, you said yeah. it. <laughs> so, you know, they, they have to do what they need to do in order to grow the rebellion, rebellion. in order to get the skill people with exactly what they need right. abilities they need I guess it's not about for the rebellion it's not about quantity it's about quality. quality and I also wrote in my review you know every little bit counts Yep. no matter how small they're willing to risk their lives for it and even remember Price had mentioned that in the yes. first the first episode she's like all this just for the, those little y-wings to, to the empire who don't give a second thought to discarding or, or or putting lives in danger because who is this what what's his name the new that she thrown uh, thrown that that she admires so much yeah a person who who kill how many innocents just to win one battle yeah that's what she values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, she's going to see that as, as a limitation, as, as, as a hindering thing for the rebellion. What she doesn't understand is that's what makes them who they are. No matter how many times and ups and downs, they're always going to be there and they're always going to end up winning in the end. Yeah. Even if they have to do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And some final thoughts. I think it would have been cool to have seen, again, if this was an hour-long show, I, w I wish we could have seen Sabine tell Zach what you know well, yes that that i would have loved i would have loved yeah. to have seen it, like zeb's reaction to that what would that have been you know would he have smiled would he have smirked or something or would he just nodded and then kept on walking i, I want to know yeah yeah <laughs> and then didn't you think that hobby looked a lot like conan o'brien yeah <laughs> Someone, someone on Twitter, and I made the mental note to remember their name, and now I can't remember their name. But someone on Twitter had pointed out the similarities, and I laughed so hard at work. Because I'm like, oh my god, that's so true. They look so much alike. <laughs> so props to you, person on Twitter, who got that. I'm so sorry I forgot your name. Uh, moving on to fan questions and thoughts. We have Adwa, uh, who wrote on Facebook. Let's see. He was sharing their uh, his comments. And apologies if I I've mispronounced your name. He wrote, 
wrote on Facebook some thoughts of his own. He said, I'm glad they mentioned Top Gun in the latest Rebels Recon, which I didn't get to show you. But I was thinking about the film the entire time I watched much of the action surrounding this new character here, Vault Scaris. I immediately thought of Tom Scarrett's character, Viper. Have you seen Top Gun? You've seen yes. Top Gun. Somebody, <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. I'm the need for the speed. speed. You know, I actually... I. I want to say, I told my friend that I've never seen it, but I feel like I have seen it. Of course you have. But I don't remember much of it. I just remember Tom Cruise. You know what I remember most of it? The WB commercials of them advertising the movie to play on a Sunday afternoon or something. That's what I remember. Uh, but I don't remember the movie all, all on its own. All, all its, you know, all of it. <laughs> anyway, he goes on to say, um, I'm certain Dave and writer Gary Widow were thinking the same thing as well. Not only do they look alike, they serve a similar purpose in training in the training ops. Though, of course, Scarce is more of a viper than Scarce's character ever could be, I'm sure. Then, of course, there's the last name. Another detail I adored is Filoni continuing his subtle shout out to all of us from Pittsburgh. Scaris honors us with the black and gold or the yellow to some in the uniform. So that's right. They they love the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and there's yeah, the, the black the and, black and yeah, gold. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I didn't, actually did not notice that. So that was pretty cool that you caught that. And we also have Franklin who asked if the Sabine Ezra ship happens, not that I see it happen, has Mando Berry name been called? <laughs> I like that. Mando Berry. Actually, no. We call the Ezra and Sabine ship is Sabezra. It's sort of like Brangelina. Uh-huh. You, know, you combine no, I like Mando Berry. I don't know if I can get that trending, but that sounds pretty cool, though. And then Amy asked, Callus, Callus, Callus. What is going on there? Is he a fulcrum agent? Was this a one-time thing or something else? So we kind of touched on it, Amy. Ma and I seem to be on different it's sides right. of it. But I, I kind of like her, her theory, but I also think that it was a one-time thing. But I like I like the idea of him potentially doing some good again. This is his evolution, people. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean I'm excited. He's one of the besides Sabine, who's I'm I'm also very excited to learn more about her Mandalorian culture and Ezra. Obviously, Callus is the only other character really that I desperately need to know more about about his future and what it entails. And honestly, I, I like I like both. I like the idea of him keeping it as a one-time thing, but then being enticed by doing some good. But I also like Mommy's idea of him being Fulcrum and keeping it secret to both sides so that he can continue giving information under the table. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like both. I I like anything. I just want I just want more callous to be honest. I want more David O'Yellow's amazing voice speaking into my ear. <laughs> and uh Matt asks, Do you think that Wedge and Hobby are going to become significant players in future episodes? You know what? I don't think so. No, I, I think that they could in the sense of if they're gonna show us the evolution of their training. Because we know that these pilots, as good as they may be, they're not trained pilots. They're not pilots trained for war and what's happening right now. They're just pilots that come to participate in the whole thing. Hobby and Wedge, Wedge are trained in the imperial ways. Yeah. So, like I said in the beginning, this was interesting because it shows us the ways, the means by which they they went and they did trying to get people that was skilled, that, that had the skills that they need. So, it would be nice to see putting those skills into action by training and by showing the our rebel pilots how the Empire thinks and how they, they act and their maneuvers. Yeah. I would love to see that, but then I don't see it happening in a show. I feel like, and this is why in the last episode when we talked about Maul and and Obi-Wan and and Luke and Tatooine, like I don't see them going there because it's not focusing on the ghost crew. It's cool that they introduced Wedge and Javi, but I think that was just the origin story and that's it. You know, that's the introduction of them getting good pilots into the rebellion and what would hopefully follow 
later on we'll see more pilots joining after that but i don't see them being integral or significant in characters in the show maybe as uh, the occasional reference here and there maybe the occasional audio clip we may hear here and there but otherwise i don't really see them being a big part of the ghost crew or the phoenix squadron because later on we see that they're in a completely different unit of rebels in a new hope maybe they get transferred so this is how we don't really see them all that often but i really love the idea and this is what blows my mind is that now that i see that character in that movie i will think sabine was the one to retrieve him to extract him from sky strike academy and bring him over to the rebels i think that's amazing and patty asked so what did both of you think of how wedge was portrayed did it live up to your expectations i didn't know anything about Uh, wedge Wedge, yeah yeah so so Jonah may may have mentioned it before, but it completely went woof <laughs> right over your head. Yeah. <laughs> so I cannot think about the portrayal based on who he is supposed to be. All I can say is that I, I think it was a very good character. It was well developed within the thirty episode, minutes the yeah. episode. And this is why I, I say that I really would like to see him again because it looked like a well-developed character. So you want more of, of yeah, his presence. So yeah. In those few moments, he showed character, the type of character yeah. that you really want to see. Yeah, he showed confidence. Yeah. He showed that that's the kind of guy who knows that he's a good pilot yeah. and follows through with it. Yeah, he's a, so, a reliable guy. And that's why I'm guy. saying that, that I, I would love to see them again. I hope that, that they will do it in, in, in the way that they show how that it was worth it. That, 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 that Yeah, you know, that they, what they did was yeah worth it in the end. Like I said, I... I I'm not all that familiar with Wedge. The The last thing that I read that had Wedge in it was Aftermath. And honestly, Aftermath, as much as I love the characters, I had to skim through a third of it, uh, the last third of the book, because I was just so tired of trying to get through the writing style of that novel. So I unfortunately don't remember what happened to Wedge. I just remember him being an unfortunate situation for more than half the book. So that's the only thing that I know him. And obviously in the movie, which he, uh, he didn't have that much of a presence overall. So when I went into this episode, I just went into it with, this is a new character to me. This is, show me what you've got. <laughs> and I was really impressed. I thought Nathan Cress's performance of Wedge, he made him very charming and adorable. Yeah. And so I, I really liked that about him. And some people even ship him and Sabine now. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> they only talked for like five minutes, minutes. in total. But, you know, I, I, I really like that. But, about but she definitely left an impression because he quoted her. Yes. And, and so, yeah, those were my expectations. I just expected going in there, learning more about the character, um, seeing him right from the start. Now that I'm interested, I, I could go back and learn more about him. So So that's me and my thoughts regarding Wedge. And so thank you all for your thoughts and your awesome questions. They're, as always, very welcome. And I really love you guys for talking to us. Yay. (laughs) And for listening to the show. Yay. So that's that for today's episode. And stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat when we'll discuss the episode Hera's Heroes. Ooh. Yeah. Hera. And in the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>